Hello and welcome to episode two of the Unboxable, Unstoppable podcast with me, Elena Turley. How are you today? I am very excited to be here recording episode two. I'm sitting in a quiet room. Actually, it's my bedroom, I'll be honest. And I've been putting together some actual notes. Although I do not script this podcast, I have done a little bit of research for today's episode This episode is about the way that women compensate for how we feel inside with makeup, hair dye, maybe it's compensation, maybe it's to feel good about something. I'm not quite sure and I'm I'm really curious about the way that this has become such a big thing in our society. The other thing I'm going to talk about today is what do Amelia Earhart and Jay-Z have in common? That's my curly question. So I think it's a really fascinating thing that uh, women basically are perceived as bold if we appear naturally without makeup, without our hair done, without cosmetic intervention. And in fact, there seems to be a little bit of a zeitgeist going on about that at the moment. If you haven't heard that word before, I'm going to give you a definition. It's not necessarily the dictionary definition, but the way I would talk about a zeitgeist is there is something sometimes that kind of becomes like a wave of ideas through a place and time or a cultural, maybe a popular cultural idea that kind of takes hold. Um, one time a long, a long, long time ago when I was at university, I was studying history and um, as part of my history degree, I learned about oral history at the Batty Library in Perth in Western Australia, which is one of the biggest oral history libraries in the world at that time, actually. And... I took that training and I interviewed who, a man who at that time was still alive. He isn't anymore. He was a reclusive but highly recognized sculptor, an Australian sculptor called Robert Klippel. If you've heard of him, please say holla down in the comments. But um, he's an amazing sculptor who was part of a surrealism exhibition that appeared at the New South Wales Art Gallery. Anyway, what was really interesting about Robert Klippel is that he was actually a Navy man and whilst he was in the Navy he kind of tinkered around with sculpting and building models and he was fascinated by them and then when he left the Navy that became one of his main well that became his main job and he became a really well recognized sculptor and there were other people who were sculpting and painting at that time who were really fascinated with Andre Breton and the surrealist movement which was occurring in Europe at the time and What's really interesting about this is that Robert Klippel knew nothing about surrealism and yet he was churning out sculptures that looked like they were surrealist sculptures to the point where Gleason, the famous Australian artist, actually invited him to go and visit André Breton and the surrealist people in France at the time. And when I interviewed him, he was in his 80s, I'm pretty sure. And um, you can actually hear this interview, by the way. It's in the oral history collection of the State Library. Uh, in New South Wales, Australia. But anyway, he he talked about, um, when I said to him, how do you account for the fact that you were considered a surrealist sculpture, but you say and you self-confess that you knew nothing about surrealism? How did that work? How is it possible that you were an identified surrealist when we look back on your work, but at the time you knew nothing about it? And he said, I just tapped into the rhythm of the time. And he said it almost like he was kind of annoyed that it wasn't obvious, you know. So that is always and has always been my definition of what zeitgeist kind of means to me. So at the moment, there's a bit of a zeitgeist about 
people appearing authentically and um, and then those who don't and why has it become such a big thing for us to use filters in social media for example to alter the way we appear and what message does that send to young women I was talking to a teenage girl yesterday a friend of mine's daughter and I was saying why do you wear makeup to school why do you feel like you have to wear makeup all the time because I certainly didn't in the 80s when I went to school that definitely was not a thing it was kind of a big deal if you did actually it was seen as sort of weird if you wore a lot of makeup when you were younger. It was very rare. And uh, now it's kind of the norm. And she said, it's just what everybody does. It's kind of an unquestioned thing. But I do just wonder when we put a filter on a picture, do we send that message consciously or subconsciously, covertly, that the way we appear is not enough, that the way we appear is not good enough without altering it, without changing it in some way? Now, yesterday, interestingly enough, Triple J, a radio station in Sydney, in Australia, uh, the ABC radio station, launched a huge um, campaign, actually their show Hack, about this very thing and how it relates to eating disorders particularly. So I wrote a submission for that because I really think it's quite sad in a way that um, there's so much pressure on women to change the way that we look. And it was even mentioned in, I was talking with a friend yesterday, It's a beautiful uh, autobiography written by Ronnie Kahn. She's an incredible woman who runs a company called Oz Harvest that rescues food waste and delivers it to the homeless in Sydney and in Australia. It's an amazing program. She's met with the Dalai Lama. She's well recognised for the work that she does. And um, incidentally, she's my auntie's best friend as well, but I digress. She actually talks about coming home one day to her husband, who she felt she was in a love-filled marriage with and she had cut her hair and decided not to dye it dark anymore but just to have gray short hair and he couldn't handle it he reacted very badly to that and I do wonder so much how much of the way that we appear to other people is tied up in those sort of superficial things Justine Bateman who was famously the sister in Family Ties if you were my generation and watched it in the 80s with Michael J Fox she was the big sister she wrote a book, I think, recently. She certainly has an article in uh, time.com about this issue and about the way that we are worried that if we are perceived as older, that we will also be perceived as less valuable. Um, it's really just an illusion. So the reality is we are all going to age, even if we buy time, or we think we're buying time with cosmetic procedures, at some point or other, things are going to change. That's that's something I feel like we've lost a little bit of the art of aging gracefully to a large degree. She writes, I hated the idea that half the population was perhaps spending the entire second half of their lives ashamed and apologetic that their faces had aged naturally. And this is a theme at the moment. There's people, there was that fantastic granny hair theme that began a couple of years ago where people, young women, started dyeing their hair grey. And uh, there's an, another article that I read on that in bustle.com, and I'll put all these in the show notes as well, where a lady called Joe Weir says she's keen to share her natural way of life. She enjoyed her family through the years, and that is what allowed her to feel joy in aging because she felt she had time with her family which is a beautiful concept I think she says someone once said to me it takes a lot of confidence to wear my gray hair it struck me as kind of funny 
I sure haven't given it any thought. I was watching my children grow up instead of watching myself grow older. And I think that's such a beautiful concept that we can use here because we don't need to get so caught up in how we appear. It really is a lot of the time a choice. And when it isn't, I question, what is that tapping into deeply inside of us? Why is it that we feel the need to change ourselves? And in so many ways that can be so very damaging and speak to deeper hurts and deeper traumas. There was a beautiful message that a friend of mine put up on her um, social media recently and I asked her if I could quote it. Her name's Lee, she's a friend of mine and she wrote, as a mother of a daughter, I worry about how society will place certain expectations on her physical appearance as a woman. Her weight, her face, her hair, her skin. More and more, as she ages, will she be judged on her physical appearance as more and more we find new ways to filter out the reality in the search for perfection. I love a filter as much as the next person, Lee says. The sky looks bluer, the grass looks greener, but I want her to know she needs no filter to be beautiful, to be accepted, and nor does her mum. This is us. And I love that so much. I thought what Lee was tapping into there, again, zeitgeist, these messages are coming from all around, is about our ability as women to get caught up. And men do it too, I know, but I can only speak from a woman's perspective, so I'm going to stick to that. But to get caught up in the idea that we need to be different to who we are. And yet, if we can be bold and courageous and speak the truth and be the truth and show the truth of ourselves, and I don't mean you never wear a face cream. I don't mean you never dye your hair. Do those things if they make you feel good. But but it's about your intention. It's about what's the messaging here? What's the what's the reason behind it? If you're, if you're doing that because you don't think that you're good enough without it. I mean, one of the conversations we had yesterday was that there can be men actually who prefer to see their women without any hair or makeup. And that's a really beautiful thing too. That's so common that women think they need to do a whole lot of stuff. And then really it's not, it's not necessary, you know, it's not needed um, from their men's perspective or their partner's perspective. And I just think that's a really funny thing that we do sometimes, we get all caught up. So I'll, I'll end on this. I think when we hold in our tummies and we wear constrictive spanks or bras, we do it because we want to look good. We don't realize we could be affecting fundamental things like even the way we breathe. If we affect the way we breathe we affect our posture we can even affect our pelvic floor functioning there's so many ways that this can be dramatically damaging to us psychologically somatically physically even just releasing your pectoral muscles regularly can allow full breath to return and that's actually about posture my grandmother used to say which is in german sorry for my terrible accent in german but stick your boobs out because that makes you put your shoulders back and sit up straight and there's now links being made between posture and depression. I mean, it all ties in. So I'll leave you with Jay-Z and Warren Buffett speaking in a Forbes interview. Jay-Z says, for me, just having the discipline and having the confidence that in who I am, and if I go into a studio and if I find my truth of the moment, there are a number of people in the world that can relate to what I'm saying. And that's going to buy into what I'm saying, not because it's the new thing of the moment, but because it's my genuine emotions. It's how I feel. It's how I articulate the world. And, you know, just having the discipline to just, you know, be yourself. Well said, Jay-Z. So Amelia Earhart's accomplishments came from her believing that she wanted to be a pilot, even though in her day and age that was kind of an impossible dream. 
she just kept going. She didn't stop. She found confidence. She found passion and she kept going regardless. There was a study done at Cornell University that found that men overestimate their abilities and performance while women underestimate both. And that is in fact our actual performance does not differ in quality or quantity. That's a quote from Forbes.com. So the female confidence challenge which has been put out there is women frequently express that they don't feel they deserve their job or their imposters. Men are not exempt from doubting themselves, but they don't let their doubts stop them as often as women do. So my challenge to you is do what Amelia did. Why don't you have a go at suspending your sense of disbelief in your ability to do something? If you can't believe in your confidence, if you can't believe in yourself long enough to do something, just suspend the disbelief to give yourself the opportunity to give it a try. So that's my challenge for you, my unboxable, unstoppable challenge. I'm Elena Turley. Please jump over to the Facebook group Soul Mama Hub or leave a comment with me anywhere on the web. You'll find me, A-L-E-N-A-T-U-R-L-E-Y, Soul Mama Hub, S-O-U-L-M-A-M-A-H-E-B.com. Sending out loads of love to you all. It's been great to be here again with you. Thank you for listening. Bye.